Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. This is part two of a two-part series because we just love instant noodles that much. No offense, super producer Max Williams. I'm going to say you and noodles are in, in my top 10, but I can't say where you each are because we work together. Okay. Uh, short and sweet Uh, let's get right into it it's noodle time fast forward it's the mid 1960s Japanese sales of chicken ramen and uh, a couple of spinoff products he made have started to decline because the market is saturated there are so many dried noodles out so many variations of ramen that are regionally specific it's kind of like podcasting, but more delicious. Yeah. Uh, podcasting can be delicious. Check out our sister podcast, Savor, for one of the most delicious podcasts of them all. You know, we've got to remember, too, that much earlier than this, when the decline of ramen was starting to take place, or top ramen, um, we were already seeing sort of Americanized uh, Chinese cuisine. You know, we talked. We did a whole episode on like the China, the chop suey houses uh, in California, uh, and then that moved, you know, into New York and all of that stuff. And this was like in the early 1900s, so we already know there is a uh, a craving, or at least like sort of an inherent awareness and and uh, understanding. And again, a lot of this is very Americanized and sort of served to Americans, you know, on their terms uh, in order for some of these you know immigrant families to survive and to, to establish you know businesses. But I think Ando must have known that to a degree when decided the U.S. was ready for his product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, why not? I know the game. Again, quite a brilliant, insightful guy. Uh, so he takes lessons from things like sukiyaki, uh, which is beef and vegetables cooked in a hot pot. U.S. audiences 
love this because they feel like it seems new, interesting, and exotic, but it does so while still kind of conforming to what you would call the American palate, right? Uh, so like you said, Noel, he travels to the U.S. in 66 to promote chicken ramen, and he says, holy smokes, these guys are bananas. Look at them. They're breaking up the packs of my noodles into pieces and they're putting them in cups and pouring, just pouring the boiling water over it. Why, why aren't they? Do, wh what? Why didn't I think of this? Uh, and he, he realizes that this is an, uh, a spin on his invention out of necessity because you need bowls and chopsticks to cook instant ramen the way it's originally designed. And that's pretty much everywhere in a Japanese home or in a work kitchen, but not so much in Western nations. They, you would be, especially in the 60s, you're much less likely to just have bowls and chopsticks laying around so you can consume your ramen after you cook it in the pot. So now uh, Momofuku is on to his next big breakthrough, which, you know, was inspired by this kind of seat-of-the-pants American way of consuming, you know, this product that was meant to be prepared a completely different way. So he decided he was going to make the packaging part of the uh, the, the experience, you know, essentially. And, and so in 1971, Cup Noodle was born. His company, by the way, was called Nissan Instant Cook. I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Founded on September 1st, 1948. Uh, <laughs> kind of around the same time he had been convicted of tax evasion. But we'll skip over that part. You know, geniuses can't be expected to operate like the rest of us. <laughs> Although they are by the government. Uh, anyhow, uh, so cup noodles, big deal. We all know about this. The packaging is like much the same. Um, 1971. It actually initially used a paper package, but um, they decided to use polystyrene because it was, I guess, cheaper. And again, probably they didn't really know better at the time. Uh, now, certainly that's become less uh, palatable, for lack of a better term. Um, there's tons of cup noodles out there, and I think most of them are paper because obviously polystyrene is bad news for the environment because it just, you know, doesn't want to biodegrade. Yeah, yeah, and that's the experience I have whenever I see uh, styrofoam or polystyrene. It's just, it's weird. You're eating out of uh, a cup of noodles, and you look at the packaging, and you think, this thing is going to be here thousands and thousands of years after I'm gone, you know? Mm -hmm. And the taste of the broth will only be a memory. But yes, they. you're right, and that's astute, Noel. We do see this transition away from foam eventually. Uh, but in the heyday of styrofoam, polystyrene, and other materials, uh, this cup noodle becomes ubiquitous. And there's, there's another funny story about this invention. So, you know, you got the little packet with the freeze-dried veggies and stuff, right? Little Doesn't freeze -dried the cup onions. noodle have it pre-mixed, though? Uh, it depends on which one you get. I think the official cup noodle has a premix, so it looks like more of a full mill. But again, I eat, I have a lot of noodles in this pantry. It's oh, totally. Edit yeah, me so here, mad. Max. It's fucking crazy. If you uh, go to uh, a, a, an Asian market, you know, if you if you're lucky enough to have a really good one in your town, I mean, the the dried noodle section is a 
uh, Cave of Wonders. There are yeah. so, so many. We have a couple here. One called um, uh, Super H Mart. This is fantastic. Sure. And then also the Buford Highway Farmer's Market. Mm-hmm. Um, Nam De Mun as well. One of my Yeah, exactly. I've actually not been to that one. But Buford Highway Farmer's Market is a, an absolute embarrassment of riches when it comes to noodles. And one thing I will say, and we'll get to that here too, uh, Japanese marketing is so good. My kid even points out like, man, I just want to buy this. I don't even know what it is. I just want to buy it because of the little cartoon character on the packet. And they're just so much better at making uh, arresting, image rich, you know, character kind of driven products. Uh, And that's no exception with the first design of the uh, cup noodle. Gotta catch them all. Right. I was. uh, Catch all the noodles. Yeah. 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 One thing. it really stood out to me in my travels in Japan was the uh, the regional mascots that so many towns have that are associated with specific festivals and stuff. They're doing it right. Uh, and also talking about that with the guy who was not officially Yakuza, that was pretty interesting too. I'll, I'll have to save that story for maybe a live show. Um, I don't remember the great story I talked about, Max. Well, thank you, Noel. Um, but maybe we save it. I don't want to pull focus here from Momofuku Ando because he's doing such cool stuff. Uh, funny thing about the design of the cup of noodle, the cup noodle, I should say, is that there's a cool moment in his story. He has another epiphany. He's on a trans-Pacific flight. Now, we don't know whether or not this flight landed in Hawaii Uh, you know, to refuel or something and then completed a second leg to Japan or whether it was a straight shot. But at some point, he got some macadamia nuts on the plane and he peeled back the lid and he said, oh, yeah, I should just, I should do that for the cup of noodles. And then uh, that's why, you know, whenever you, you make them, you put the water in and then you try to at least put the lid sort of loosely back on, you know? Uh, so Totally. Yeah. Just to, so just to hold the steam. Right. To right. keep the steam yeah. in. Yeah. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts of a spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. 
To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know. I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. right? Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was, a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, <laughs> I said El Camino and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, so let's talk about this logo there's a little bit of psychology involved here because <laughs> because they want to promote cup noodle as a premium thing right that's right and it, and it was i mean it had that pullback lid that you described which was kind of a bespoke feature mentioning you know the the branding and the marketing for all these kinds of things they went nuts he hired this master marketer named otaka Takishi, who had designed the logo for the Osaka 1970 World Fair, he wanted to design the cup to appear really like trendy and, and cutting edge and to also appeal uh, specifically to an American audience. So he had the text in this really cool very 60s kind of inspired almost psychedelic font um, and then the Japanese text was a good bit smaller and then it had these insignias that were these kind of gold bands that were meant to evoke images that the Japanese folks at least would understand relating to finery, you know, fine dining, expensive uh, dinner plates and such. The cup included just about the same amount of uh, material, you know, of actual noodles and, and, uh, and spice as the packets, but was four times more expensive. 
Therefore, you know, if you want to make something seem luxurious, just charge more money for it. Um, Dip and but it, you know, yeah. But again, it was you were paying for the convenience. You were paying for the innovation. It was almost like uh, there was a bit of a of a gimmick to it. Oh yeah, yeah. Again, Dippin' Dots. I'm still mystified by that, but I'm a sucker for them. You know, I'm a sucker for packaging and novelty and and stuff that seems cool and special. And this is a common human characteristic. Ando knows this. That's why uh, to get back to the tasting events, uh, what he decides to do with Cup Noodle is teach people how to eat it. And he wants to target people in the coolest part of town. So perhaps most famously, November 21st, 1971, he's in the Tokyo Ginza shopping district and he tries to find the the young, hip, up-and-comers strolling a street called Pedestrian Paradise. And, you know, let me sell this to you because you're cool. Here's the cool noodle, and here's how to eat it. In four hours, they sell more than 20,000 units of cup noodle. And then he also pitches this through his company, Nissan, also pitches it to people who are on the move, right? It's so convenient. It's like a, what they would call a walking taco, right? You got the little cup and you can you can just walk. You can even maybe slurp it a little noisily like soup. Uh, and you don't have to sit down, right? Like you would at a restaurant. And then they get a weird PR boost, the kind of uh, the kind of event one cannot predict. There is a hostage crisis that occurs called the Asama Sanso incident. And during this incident, the media shows police officers who are eating cup noodle to stay warm. This is not paid product placement. They're just saying, you know, look at the authorities who happen to like cup noodle. Sales explode. You can't buy that kind of publicity. That's right. This is also kind of coinciding with uh, advancements in retail experiences. Because in Japan, you had convenience stores kind of starting to open in 1969, um, which became uh, a really important place to be able to buy cup noodles. In fact, it also went on to be one of the very first products sold in vending machines in Japan around 1971. And we know that, you know, Japan is a country just kind of borderline obsessed with vending machines. You can get just about anything that you could think of in vending machines. And this was one of the very first uh, products because I don't, I've always kind of thought of, of post-war Japan as having this fascination with kind of futurism um, in terms of technology, in terms of being able to kind of rebuild themselves from the ground up as sort of a society of the future, um, which is interesting because it obviously also has so many echoes of the past, you know, such an old civilization uh, and culture, but yet so many things especially in like the, you know, cultural kind of mecca like Tokyo are just mega, mega, you know, kind of futurized. Yeah, agreed. Uh, just to give you a sense, the convenience stores in Japan these days are uh, streets ahead of the U.S. And honestly, streets ahead of Europe. 
You know what? I might have to say it. They might be the the world's best convenience stores, honestly. No ding on Bucky's, but if there is a Bucky's convenience store in Japan, it may be the best convenience store in the world. Uh, you can get your mail done. You can get insurance. A lot of the stores have little stamps for each store. If you like to collect stamps, you can buy all kinds of food. It's amazing, and they're and they never close. Uh, so, cup noodle makes sense for this and um yeah also the uh the toilets are from the future as is the vending machine culture the cup noodle museum which we mentioned briefly is still around and you can see the history of this ingenious invention uh you can also make your own personalized cup noodle which i know this is lame you guys but that's part of the reason i want to visit because all the popular uh, all the popular members of the global cultural pantheon in Japan have their own cup noodle by this point. You know, Yoda, Sanrio, Hello Kitty, all of them, of course. Of course. Yeah. So I feel like a ridiculous history cup noodle is is the next move for us. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be fun? That's a great idea. But I mean, you know, so you've got those established characters that have all these like, you know, intellectual property kind of partnerships with like different brands. But then you also have these brands that kind of create their own characters, sort of like, you know, mm -hmm. I guess the closest equivalent we might have is like cereal mascots that, that aren't mm -hmm. even like nearly as prominent as they used to be. But, you know, they're like the Lucky Charms leprechaun uh, or whatever. Pillsbury That's, Doughboy. The Pillsbury Doughboy, sure like the Toucan Sam and all of that stuff. But we don't lean into that stuff nearly as much as as, as Japanese uh, marketers do. So I think um, that's one, one reason why it's so fun to walk through those uh, those ramen aisles at the, at, the, at the Asian markets just to see all of the different packaging and branding. And chances are <laughs> there are very little differences between the flavor of some of them. They're all going to be pretty generic. And then, of course, they're, you know, they're ones that, you're, that would be your go-to that you find to be your favorites. But it's sort of like shopping for craft beer or wine. Sometimes you pick the one that has the coolest label. Yeah, and there are, you know, there are people who are going to say, no, I am only a top ramen person or I am only a chap getty person. Uh, I try them all. Personally, I, <laughs> I'm a sucker for kits. You know, I like feeling like I, I've bought a, a process, a whole thing. Like, I like the ones that are uh, almost like barrels. They're the really big cup of noodle things that come with uh, a resellable plastic lid. They've got oil in addition to a soup base and dried veggies or, or whatever. And then some of them also have this really cool little fold-out spork. Have you guys seen these things? They're, they're on like a hinge. If you haven't... Mm. I've got I've got some and I need to push these I'm pushing the noodles guys I need more room in my pantry so I'm going to bring you some of these uh you don't have to try them but it's fun to have them uh, it's fun to have them just in case that sounds awesome, Ben. Yeah, I'll tell you what my favorite is uh, still um, is a company called Nong Shim uh, makes mm -hmm. a line of ramen noodles you can get in a cup or in a packet called Shin Black. Uh, yeah. And it's pretty spicy, um, really has that bone broth. There's like a powder that comes with it that's like white, and it really mm -hmm. does add that kind of creamy, umami kind of vibe. I wanted to ask you, though, Ben, I just noticed this. The name of this product, or I guess the company is called Nongshim, and the ramen is called Shin. And if I remember correctly, I don't know that we even went into this, but in the earliest days when ramen was associated with China, and yeah. I believe the word was Shina, 
Uh huh. Um, but it was it was sort of phased out because it's considered offensive. Um, it was considered like a pejorative. Um, again, it was described in the uh, the Mental Floss article as an archaic Japanese word for China, uh, and then it was paired with soba. So I wonder if this is. Do you think this shin in the ramen that I like? Is in some way a callback to that, or is it is it something completely different? Yeah, Nongshim is uh, South Korean, so it was founded in sixty five. It was created by a guy named Shin Chun Ho, who uh, whose Got brother it. founded his brother Shin Kyuko founded the Latte Corporation, and Latte is like That's a interesting. huge huge corporation. So I wonder if this is like his his signature recipe or something like that, because it's the Shin black, you know, line of ramen. They yeah. have other ones too. Do you get the one that comes in the plastic bowl too? Have you tried that one? I have had that one before. And it's funny too, in, in Korea, obviously, ramen is, is also hugely popular, but it's spelled oh, yeah. a little different. It's spelled with a Y. It's spelled like ramyun, uh, R-A-M-Y-U-N. Um, and then there's, you know, lots of different Korean spins on it as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many. Come with me and you'll be in a world of something that rhymes with noodles. Uh, so I got to tell you, I'm not going to lie. I, I hope I have some in the cabinet. I know you're sitting on a wealth and I'm very jealous, but I'm really craving some ramen now after this, this episode. Yeah. And I got to, again, I'm pushing, I'm pushing the ramen. I got to make room for my other, other survival foods. I have so much, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to send you guys a picture after we record. And I think this might end up being a two-parter because we're both very excited about ramen. And this story is not done. You might be hearing this and saying, hey, I thought it was cup O noodles. Why are you guys, Why do you guys keep saying cup noodles? Well, that's because the name cup O noodles was phased out. Originally, it was just meant as a pitch to American audiences, you know, in Canada and the U.S. and uh, later Mexico. It hits the U.S. in 1973. It's renamed Cup Noodles in 1993. And just, you know what? One thing that bugs me about Cup Noodles in the U.S., just like Kit Kats, there are fewer flavors. Mm. Japanese culture runs the Kit Kat game. It is yeah. amazing. And if you go to, you know, the, some of these markets that we're talking yes. about, you can you can sample a lot of them, but they're really expensive. They're quite expensive. Because of the shipping, you know? Uh, and this is why our, our good friends at Savor are Japanese Kit Kat rich. Every time I hang out with our pals, uh, Lauren and Annie, they're trying to push Kit Kats on me. Of all kinds of weird flavors, some are just like so, some are just like clearly the result of synesthesia or translation. Like Noel, have you ever had a Ocean Dream Kit Kat? Because I have. Oh. I, do, I don't know what it's Is supposed it to taste like. It's got a little salt to it yeah, and a little bit some of, of dream. Them do. <laughs> I like the. I think I had a wasabi one one time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, those are good, and they and they, they don't. They also like. I mean, the Japanese they don't mess around when it comes to flavor. You know, there, there's no like, oh, we're going to, we're going to dumb this down. You know, there's no, we're going to soften this for like a, a less, you know, uh, daring palate. I mean, if you, you can rest assured that if something says spicy, it's probably going to knock you on your butt. Yeah. Agreed. And now you can see that uh, cup noodle still made by Nissan is global. It is ubiquitous. It's made in, 80 countries and territories, 
And just like McDonald's, you'll see local variant flavors. You're in India, you can eat masala-flavored cup noodle. Uh, you're in Germany, mushroom-flavored. Those are just two examples. Let us know your favorite. Oh, gosh, this is going to be like doing that live show in Philly where at the end I asked what the best cheesesteak place was. God, that was the dumbest thing to ask people in Philadelphia. We're, I anticipate we're going to hear a lot of stories about ramen and noodles. So it turns out our guy, Ando, you, you could comfortably say that his, his company has revolutionized food, whether you call it snack food or just convenience food, he's revolutionized it around the world. But he doesn't stop at the at the borders of Earth. Oh boy! <laughs> okay, is this like about like sending noodles into space, Ben? <laughs> it is. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah. Um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool, I, yeah. I, I just remember, it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonnevilles, right? Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one, and that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, <laughs> I said El Camino, and I meant Monte Carlo. I miss it so. Uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is. Uh, he he made space noodles. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we love freeze-dried things in space. Yeah, because uh, like the, the astronaut ice cream is, again, about like shelf stability. And uh, yeah, I just, I can't imagine how you would boil water. It would have to be some sort of very self-contained thing or you'd have like weird globs of, of, of boiling water shooting at you all, all in zero Gs, right? Yeah, that's why. So this is, he called it Space Ram or Space Ram, short for ramen. This was made especially for Japanese astronaut Soichi Noguchi uh, in the Discovery flight in 2005. It's edible at zero gravity. And the difference is, remember, we said the broth's a big deal, right? The same is true in space. The broth is apparently thick enough to not sort of drift away like a liquid would in zero gravity. And because it has smaller noodles, you can cook it without boiling water, averting a space disaster uh, that, that you you also predicted, right? You're channeling Momofuku Ando here. And this guy dedicates his life to this. As a matter of fact, the day before he passes away, he is in the Nissan factory in Osaka because he gives an annual speech every New Year's, even after he retired in 2005. He didn't fall from the rail into the boiling vat and turn himself into a cup of noodle, did he, Ben? No, no, he, he already he established didn't. he didn't do that, but uh, sorry, yeah. I had to bring it back up. No, no, he did. He didn't go AC Comics with it. Uh, he had he did something really interesting, and it's a book I want to read. So every year, this is a true story, folks. Every year, he would go to uh, this factory, and he would as they put it in in Gizmodo, he would articulate his thoughts on ramen. And eventually ramen became the, the basis for this deep, inspiring philosophy about the nature of life. And at his funeral, uh, someone made a book of his collected speeches and all the people at the funeral got one. And when we say all, we're talking about quite a few people. 6,500 people are at Ando's funeral. And he has a quote, like just to give us a sense of how philosophical this became. Uh, one of his quotes was, the fundamental misunderstanding of humanity is believing we can achieve all our desires 
without limitation. Cup noodle. He didn't say cup noodle at the end. That was just me adding that. I feel feel like that would actually be a bad advertisement for cup noodle. Oh, no doubt. Um, and I'll tell you, back to David Chang, um, celebrity chef, podcaster, TV presenter, pr- pretty ubiquitous guy. Um, he apparently actually did not name his line after Momofuku himself. Uh, Momo means peach in, uh, in, in Japanese and Fuku means lucky. Uh, Definitely a connection there because he also has his hat. He used to have a delivery only restaurant called Ando. Um, so he's obviously very much aware of, of the guy. And what Chang has done, of course, is, you know, elevated that that 50 cent cup of noodle to something that he can reasonably charge, respectably charge $14 for. He uses in this interview and in PR, he says, we use Berkshire pork from Iowa, local greens, seasonal greens that change bamboo shoots and nori. But he also acknowledges that uh, the, you know, regular old cup of noodles uh, or the, you know, the innovation that uh, Ando Momofuku himself came up with, still nothing quite like it. There is something to that, uh, you know, 2,000 milligrams of sodium uh, that that maybe, I don't know, adds a little oomph to it. Who knows? It's good stuff, though, uh, whether you have the bespoke kind or the more, um, you know, fast food version. And if you are lucky enough to live by a food stall where you get fresh ramen, then obviously Momofuku Ando is not not upset with you. He's not cross with you. Uh, I'm bringing back cross. I'm saying people are being cross. Let's see if it works. Uh, he, in fact, uh, Ando himself says, "Hey, you know, it's not exactly fresh ramen. Taste wise, maybe it's not as good. It's its own unique thing." But I also want to feed people. I want to sustain human life through the most difficult of times, like I encountered in the aftermath of World War II. So by that metric, he's profoundly successful. As of 2008, global consumption of instant ramen was 94 billion packages per year, which is an average of 14 bowls per person. And I think that's part of what Momofuku Ando is talking about, when he said things like, uh, mankind is noodle kind. Here, here. And just to add, you know, one last thing. I, I mean, obviously, Momofuku himself passed away um, not terribly, terribly long ago. He was 96 years old. He passed away in, I believe, 2007 from when that NPR piece that I was uh, quoting David Chang from came out, that was actually a remembrance of him um, when, when he passed in, in, uh, in 2007. Um, but, you know, we know one of the important legacies that he brought to the world of ramen was that flair for advertising and for creativity and kind of innovation. And um, if anyone uh, has a little bit of time to kill going down some internet rabbit holes, there is a fantastic tradition in Japan of hiring American celebrities to kind of shill for their products. Um, There's a really great website called japander.com that uh, organizes a lot of these, like in alphabetical order. You can find ones from Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of pitching this like energy drink to Nicolas Cage shilling for his pachinko brand. And actually uh, James Brown was hired to sing a song about miso-flavored cup noodles to the tune of uh, one of his most popular songs, Get On Up, um, in a, a, an ad that aired in 1992. It's true, and you can see those advertisements uh, in Japan today. Uh, I, I do want to note it is 
currently kind of difficult to visit Japan uh, unless you are a spouse of a national, you're a Japanese national yourself, or you go with a tour group. But do go when you get a chance uh, to experience and, and tell, tell us, at least tell me if you get to Cup Noodle Museum. I'm so excited to visit there one day. Uh, we have some other stuff we didn't get to, which is the things like the secret to springy noodles. There's some very compelling science behind it. But as you can hear, the leaf blower guy found out we were recording. So that's our cue. That's our time. Uh, we Curse hope- you, leaf blower man! I know, I know. It's like, just if you want to be on the show, just send us an email. We love guests, Leaf Blower Man. But uh, with that in mind, no shade, no shade to the Leaf Blower Man. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this two-part series on the history of instant noodles. Check out Stuff of Genius as well. Let us know your favorite flavors and varieties of noodles. I don't know if this says too much about uh, our backgrounds here, but I'm pretty sure that all three of us have our own spin on like what you do, like how you spice up your ramen. I like a little sesame oil in there. Just a touch, you know, it's amazing. Uh, so we want to hear your your recipe ideas. Uh, we also want to give a big, big thanks to Mr. Max Williams. Max, Max, I almost didn't think you were going to come back from vacation, man. Was it, was it tough to return? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was joking before the recording that I think I'm on mountain time now. I have progressed from Pacific to mountain. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to come back, but, you know, I, I just couldn't stand being away from y'all any longer. Oh, that's sweet. We missed you too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we also want to thank our uh, guest producer, Tari Harrison of Ridiculous News, who jumped in. Uh, and thanks, of course, to Alex Williams, who composed this track. Thanks to Momofoku Ando for sure. Gosh, we gotta eat some new noodles after this. Dude, uh-uh. I'm I'm going up to the, to the kitchen and just, just uh, ransacking the pantry. <laughs> there must be at least one uh, errant pack of, of of noodles in there. Yeah, no, same here. I'm gonna go over to Ben's house and start ransacking his pantry. And I'm gonna here. I'm gonna send you that picture, guys. That's where I'm going. I'm gonna send you. It's egregious how many noodles I have. I don't want to overhype it, but. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, and Noel, thank you in advance for uh, taking some of these some of these noodles uh, off my hands. It's funny. I just realized all three of us, and perhaps you too, listening at home, all three of us just sort of consider instant noodles a staple product in a kitchen, right? We're all just assuming there's some there, right? Uh, I'm, I mean, like I said, if there's not, I'm going to be very upset, but I have no doubt that at least one has kind of fallen in the cracks, and I am going to find it, mind you. Um, but Ben, please bring me all of your uh, of your of your noodles that need a home. Consider me your noodle repository. I will send you nudes. There we go. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. 
Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.